Welcome back to another episode of Diagnosing a Killer, The Mental Breakdown. I'm Kenna. I'm Koel. And yeah. <laughs> I sound really good on you, this side. You do. You sound I don't know great. Why. That's weird. You just have a great voice. Oh. I think it's the way the microphone's set. I don't know. I like it though. Me too. It sounds like nice and crisp. Crisp and clean. Clean. everybody and welcome if this is your first episode that you're listening to yeah. from us we have had so much love lately and so much support and just wanted to say thanks yeah thanks a lot Before, thanks a lot <laughs> for those that don't know the mental breakdown is what we do on mondays and that is a specific mental disorder or an event or a case or something interesting that we like to bring and talk about give a, us a break from our gnarly cases that mm-hmm. we usually do on Thursdays. <laughs> so we're going to be doing that today. But before we begin, do you want to talk about our social media and how people can get in contact with us? Sure. You can visit us at diagnosingakiller.com. There you will find links to merch and resources. The merch, uh, any one of those little pictures that you click, it should take you directly to that specific design. We have t-shirts, mugs, drawstring bags, pillows, cups, magnets, stickers, all kinds of goodies on there. You can find us on social media at Diagnosing a Killer everywhere except for Twitter, which is at Killer Diagnosis. I really appreciate you guys rating recently, yeah. but reviewing is different. So if you give us a review, um, it'll kind of spread the word a little bit more. Yeah, absolutely. And then did you say Patreon just yet? No. So patreon.com slash Diagnosing a Killer. That will actually help us maintain our website and get some more merch lines out there. I think we have two more designs that are in the works. So that's super cool. And then lastly, the True Crime and Paranormal Podcast Festival is happening in August in Austin, Texas, and that is the 25th through the 27th. We do have 15% off with our code D-A-K-P-O-D. If you'd like to come meet us in person yeah, and see how normal we are in real life, because I feel like we're like, <laughs> I, mean, I feel like we are like this in real life. We're super authentic, but... My goal is to dress up like Moira from Schitt's Creek. Oh, you said that at the Hello. same time. That was so weird. <laughs> Cute. Shit's Creek because, I don't know, I just want to look gaudy and weird. Hell yeah. That's yeah. awesome. On Patreon, our Tier 2 and Tier 3 patrons, patrons, however you want to say it, however you say it, will receive an extra bonus episode every month on the 29th, and that's coming up. That's going to be in just a few short weeks. That is coming up. We have a doozy. That's a doozy. We have two doozies because they're actually, it falls on a Thursday, so mm-hmm. I'm releasing... Right, I'm releasing my case, or are you releasing your case? On the 29th? You have both. You have I, both. Yeah, both. And yeah. then my mental breakdown will be the following. Oh, after yes, that. that's so true. And then a lot of me. The week before that, though, you don't know who I'm doing, but I have a doozy that I think correlates with your doozy because I know who you're doing for the bonus yeah. Patreon episode. Uh-huh. We always discuss so who we're true. doing for those. So, yeah. We will definitely drop who we are doing on that Patreon exclusive episode the Thursday before. Oh, yeah. So, you're going to get Kenna's case that. Apparently, it has something to do with my case. <laughs> Not as something to do, but people, like, correlate the two a lot. Okay, okay. And then that same day, you'll get a teaser for who we're doing on the 29th. Yes. I'm really excited. So excited. Before we begin, we did get another email, so I'd like to talk about that really quick. This is from one of our very loyal listeners, Sarah. Hey, okay. Sarah. Hi, Sarah. How's it going? 
She says, hey friends, I just finished listening to the two-part Elliot Roger podcast and what a doozy. While listening to it, I could not help but struggle to remember where I heard of him before and I just figured it out. So I used to watch a now controversial YouTuber's conspiracy theory videos and he did a video talking about a YouTube channel where this creator makes posts and fan edits of Elliot. I also found her Twitter and that's still very active. I didn't know if this was something you were aware of was a thing or just didn't mention, or if I've now burdened you with this new information. (laughs) I don't know if there could be something said to maybe why people go on to have crushes on serial killers like people did when Ted Bundy was on trial. I have no idea. I'll attach the link to the Twitter. I couldn't find the YouTube channel, so I'll attach the YouTube video I was referring to. I'd like to also make a note that I'm extremely aware of how terrible this YouTuber is now, and I watched him when I was in high school and didn't know any better. Not trying to make excuses. However, I know better now, essentially. (laughs) I love we, the, we all do better, right? We yeah. know better, you do better. <laughs> I love the, I know better, I love the essentially, and I love the doozy. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's all these things that you. we say a lot. I love it. <laughs> she also says, thank you for all the hard work you do, and I appreciate the way you both lighten the subject matter without taking away from the victims, which I thought was really nice. Thanks, Sarah. So, I personally did not look up this YouTuber, but did you? No. no. I don't think that, yeah. I just don't. I don't know if I want to. I don't. I don't. I, <laughs> I don't, don't care, care to. Know to about no. It. <laughs> I just think it's really interesting. Thank you, Sarah, for bringing the information. Yeah. But I. Yeah. If it's <laughs> controversial, I don't know if I want it. I agree. I completely <laughs> agree. Maybe at one point I'll do it. And yeah. she actually put like where to start in the video. <laughs> I mean, researching Timothy McVeigh was no walk in the park either. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, I'm sure the it FBI was, Ellie was like. Roger that she's talking about. I know. I'm oh, talking my about. Bad. Uh, yeah, just Timothy McVeigh and all of his white supremacy shit. Oh, I was yeah, like, yeah. oh, God, this is miserable. <laughs> like, I'm going to get fucking flagged. <laughs> I am. So I responded to her, and I just asked, you know, of course, if she was okay with us mentioning her name. Her response, I'd love to be mentioned in the next episode. Can't wait to hear what you both have to say about it. Thanks so much for all the hard work you guys both do. I already said that, but I genuinely mean it. You both put so much so much hard work, and it shows. In my mind, we're all best friends, and the fact that you've replied both to my Instagram DM and now this email, it feels that delusion. In a silly, goofy way, not like a creepy stalker way, I promise. <laughs> it's okay, Sarah. You can be our first. I love that. <laughs> you can be our first stalker. Uh, I love that. Well, we always love hearing from you guys, obviously, and... I'm sure that you know now, if you didn't before, that we're very responsive to our people that reach out to us. So yeah. definitely continue to hit us up and mm-hmm. continue to give your suggestions. Mm-hmm. I have a couple in the works. And yeah. One of our Patreon members, Louie, I think we mentioned a few weeks ago, had messaged me personally a few days ago and said that he had just essentially caught up. Yeah. So, and that only took him, what, a month? Yeah. That's how much he's been listening. Jeez, I love it. Incredible. Love to hear it. Well, I love when I see people, like, out that are, you know, friends of ours, but also listeners, and they always say, like, what episode they're on. Like, as soon as they see me, they're like, hey, Kenna, I just listened to this episode. I'm like, (laughs) Or they throw a catchphrase back. Yeah, (laughs) I love it. I love it. Okay, well, we're going to get into this mental breakdown. This one's going to be really interesting. I really hope that you like it. Okay. So today we are going to be talking about the top 10 longest prison sentences ever given. Hate it. Hate I'm it. kidding. Why? I'm totally kidding. <laughs> I hope you love it. I this... hate it. I'm kidding. No, that sounds really interesting. So, longest prison sentences ever given? Yes. Okay. So this is circa like 2019. That's like where I found most of my information. So it okay. might be a little outdated, but it's top 10. I'm going to go from like 10 to 1. So we're okay. going to count down to like the biggest one. Ugh. <sighs> Okay. Content warning. This episode does contain descriptions of bullying, child abuse, sexual assault, kidnapping, sodomy, and mass shootings. 
If this episode is not for you, please feel free to listen to another one of our episodes. Remember, your mental health is important, and we love you. Love you. Bye. Bye. Way to interrupt my content warning. Sorry. (laughs) It was a doozy. (laughs) It's a doozy. It's a doozy. (sighs) All right. Are we ready? (laughs) Hold on. I need some water. Okay. Okay. Back. Here we go. Number 10 is Robert Joseph Long, a.k.a. Baba Joe Long. Baba Joe Long. Baba Joe Long. (laughs) So, before I get into this, actually, I should have said... Some of these people, you could find, like, a lot of information on them, and some you couldn't find any, even though they're, like, infamous. Like, very infamous. So yeah. Some of these are going to be right into the point, like, what they did and what their sentence was. Others are going to be a little more detailed. Okay. So, from what I could find. Okay. So, again, Baba Joe Long. Baba Joe. He was born on October 14th, 1953, in Canova, West Virginia, to Joe and Loretta Long. Robert was actually born with an extra X chromosome, resulting in an excess of estrogen and female typical traits in an otherwise male-presenting body. Okay. This condition is known as Klinefelter syndrome. Hmm. Due to this condition, Robert was teased a lot as a child, and he would actually undergo breast reduction surgery in his adolescence. Wow. So he had, like, mm-hmm. well, I guess what they usually say for men is gynecomastia, but I guess yeah. that's different because this would be due to estrogen, not gynecomastia, which yeah. I don't think is due to estrogen. I think yes. it's an overdevelopment of the tissue. Yes. And it's essentially, it looks the same. I guess it mm-hmm. presents the same way, mm-hmm. but it's a chromosome. Mm-hmm. He would also suffer from multiple different head injuries as a child from various accidents that were not really, like, explained in detail. So, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, just sweep that under the rug real quick. Although, keep in mind, this is for brevity's sake. I'm not going to go through everybody's (laughs) extremely long case, because that would be, like, five hours. Especially if he got hit in the head that many times. Right. (laughs) Beginning in 1981, Robert would look through classified ads in order to find women that would maybe be alone if they said, you know, I don't run, honestly, I'll be honest, I don't really know what a classified ad is, but. <gasps> okay, so the. Please, please go. Okay, do you want me to tell yes. you? Okay, <laughs> sorry, I didn't mean to be like, oh my god, no. you don't know what it is. I'm used to it, it's fine. Classified ads being, well, in the newspapers, it used to have an entire section that was people that were putting in ads in the paper either to find jobs or lost and found or. That's what I thought. Okay. Like the Lonely Hearts would yes. be like a portion of that so same thing yeah that's exactly what i thought yeah. so he would kind of sift through these and he would find ones that were they looked like they had been posted by women okay and it would usually be like maybe lawn work or something that would have to be done at their home mm-hmm. right so vulnerable little old lady looking for somebody to tend her garden yeah exactly <laughs> so he would be successful at finding women that would be alone he would go to their home and then he would casually ask to use the bathroom of course while he was in the bathroom he would get his rape kit together. Oh my god. And ultimately would rob and sexually assault these women. Pretty bad. He actually would be known to commit at least 50 sexual assaults, and he would be dubbed the classified ads rapist. Oh my god. Yeah. That's incredible. I've never even heard of this guy. I know, me either. But this was in 19... Well, he was... Oh, 1980. Okay. So he would be tried and convicted of rape in 1981, but he would actually request a retrial, which was granted... What? Again, brevity's sake, I could have gone, like, down to the rabbit hole, but I just wanted to get the main content out here. Was he on trial for just one rape, or was he on... Or this was for a lot? I think it was for multiple. Okay. The charges for this would actually later be dropped. So I don't think it was all 50, but it was, like, probably more than one, I'm assuming. Yeah. Robert would then move to the Tampa Bay area in 1983... And in 1984, while on probation for assault, he would actually rape and strangle 20-year-old Anne Wick, leaving her body in a rural area. Jesus. So he would commit his first murder. So her body would be found later that year in November, 
And throughout kind of learning about her life, police discovered that she was actually engaged when she was murdered, and she was hitchhiking, which is how she came into contact with Robert. Okay, okay. Over the next eight months, Robert would abduct, rape, and murder at least ten different women. So he started with this one and then just kept going. During this time as well, he was still committing his usual crimes and was sexually assaulting multiple women without killing them as well. How did he get off the first time? Dude, I literally don't fucking know. And it really, like, I said I didn't go into detail, like, on purpose, but that actually didn't have any detail. It was just kind of glossed over. Yeah, like, that's crazy. I wonder if he claimed, like, habeas corpus or something... And that's why there was a mistrial is because of new evidence or whatever. Maybe statute of limitations was really not a thing back then. I don't know. Or maybe it was a thing. I mean, in the early hours of November 3rd, 1984, Robert abducted 17-year-old Lisa McVeigh as she was riding her bike home from work. She was taken to Robert's home where she was sexually assaulted repeatedly. Lisa would remember while blindfolded that she was trying to leave as many fingerprints behind in his home as possible. Good girl. In order to help police if and when it came to an investigation. Hell yeah. After 26 hours, Robert would actually release Lisa, because she's been blindfolded, and she would immediately go to police. That bitch alert. Yeah. Robert Joseph Long would be arrested on November 16th, 1984. Baba Joe Long. Baba Joe. Robert would plead guilty to eight of the homicides and the abduction and rape of Lisa McVeigh, and would receive 26 consecutive life sentences without the possibility of parole, and seven life sentences with possibility after 25 years. On top of all of that. So literally, like, you're fucked. But I think that's why he had such a big sentence is because of the stuff that got, like, glossed over in the past, maybe? They're like, we're not letting him out again. The death penalty was on the table as well, and in July of 1986, Bobby Joe Long was found guilty and sentenced to death via the electric chair. When all was said and done, according to the Florida Department of Corrections, Long was ultimately serving one five-year sentence, four 99-year sentences... 28 life sentences and one death sentence. And this is the one that has the least this amount? This the least. Oh, my God. <laughs> Whoa. Well, number 10. Oh, my God. On April 23rd, 2019, Bobby Jolong was executed and chose to not make a last statement. I choose just to be quiet. So that's Bobby Jolong. Bobby Jolong. It reminds me of a case that I, I watched once, and I'm sure it was Forensic Files or something. But um, a young lady was sexually assaulted in a in a truck and she didn't know if she was going to survive or not so she did the same thing with the fingerprints and stuff or she would like lick or spit on like yes, her surrounding uh, area so smart and then the window in like the car the truck was rolled down and you know that rubber bit mm-hmm. that's on the you know when you roll the window down it's that rubber it's like bit. the buffer yeah 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 exactly that little rubber part she bit down on it several times so not- she was like fingerprints, DNA from dental, the spit, <laughs> dental records, yeah. everything, you I'm know? Fucking, yeah. Ugh, Good for her. Honestly, yeah. like, that's such a empowering, like, thing to me, because in that situation, you've got to think that, like, you might die. Yeah. And still having the will and the, the cognizant to be like, but if I die, you're not going to get away with it. Not gonna get away with it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> exactly. bad bitch alert, for honestly. sure. Okay, so number nine is Billy Joe Godfrey. So we know Bobby Joe Long. Billy Joe Godfrey. God. Billy Joe Godfrey was born in 1963. His full birthday and, like, really any information about his childhood were not really laid out. Mm-hmm. Which is, I was telling you, so funny because these people are, like, super infamous, but, like, there's nothing about their yeah. childhood. <laughs> I guess the internet gets, like, clouded with their sentences rather than, you know, their early yeah, life and stuff. Yeah, that's true. In October of 2014, two adult men came forward with allegations that they were sexually assaulted hundreds of times by Billy when they were growing up. Oh, my God. 
One of these boys was Billy's own stepson, <gasps> and the other's identity was not released. They told police that they were forced to perform sexual acts on Billy, as well as Billy performing some on them, hundreds of times during the years of 95 and 99, while the boys were between the ages of 8 and 13. So, very young. That's awful. I know, it's terrible. But the courage, like, as an adult male to come forward yeah. and say, listen, like, we're tired of keeping this secret. It's embarrassing. I mean, it, it can is. feel embarrassing. Yeah. In July of 2015, Billy Joe Godfrey pleaded guilty to 35 counts of first-degree sodomy, statutory sodomy, excuse me, and was handed down 35 life sentences as a result. 35 life sentences. This would be the equivalent of 1,050 years in prison. So you're saying there's a chance. (laughs) You're saying there's a chance. He's a fucking vampire. Phelps County Prosecutor Brendan Fox stated after working the case, quote, This was the worst case of child sexual abuse I have ever seen. These victims were subjected to hundreds of incidents of child abuse over many years. He also stated that he was proud of the victim's courage and honesty in coming forward. He stated, quote, Too often victims of sexual abuse suffer in silence for years due to embarrassment and shame. To come forward, they have said that they will not suffer in silence, and I hope other victims become empowered and also come forward to confront their abusers. Good for them. Hell yeah. No wonder all that other stuff was overshadowed, because who give a fuck about the, this guy's life? Exactly. This guy's a douche. <laughs> These guys are the heroes. Seriously. Wow. So that was Billy Joe Low. Billy, Billy Joe, Joe, not Long. Billy Ray. <laughs> Billy Ray. Billy Joe Godfrey. What's his name? Number eight is Rene Lopez. Okay. Rene Lopez was born in 1975 and was living in Fresno, California at the time of his arrest. When his daughter was around 12 years old, one of Rene's friends sexually assaulted her. And instead of stopping the horrific act, Rene decided that he would contribute to the crime. <gasps> His 12-year-old fucking daughter. His own daughter. Rene would continue to sexually abuse his young daughter two to three times a week from May of 2009 to May of 2013 for four years. By the way, obviously we all know to do math, but she would be 16. So from 12 to 16, like, that is formative fucking years. Not that sexual assault is good at any age, but formative fucking years. Well, if not, it was a similar case to this, but that she was essentially in love with her father. Not her. Okay. The young girl miraculously decided that she was going to run away from her father and ultimately would turn him into police again in 2013. In September of 2016, Rene Lopez was found guilty of 186 felony counts of sexual assault, including dozens of counts of rape of a minor. The victim was known as saying, quote, When my father abused me, I was young. I had no power, no voice. I was defenseless. She was 23 by the time that he got convicted. Oh, my gosh. Can you imagine living in fucking fear from, like, 16 to 23? Yeah. From 12 to 23. From shit, 12 yeah. to 23. Excuse me. Yeah, but, yeah, seriously. Just waiting waiting for, like, after you came forward and the whole process just to be done. So you yeah. know that your abuser is behind bars. Yeah. And, again, like you said, formidable years. That there, That's never going to leave her. Absolutely that's not. most of her understanding what relationships are and what yeah. love is and how you connect with another human being and that's yeah, fucking that's awful. gross what a pig renee would turn down two different pleas because he would refuse to admit his guilt because he's like oh i didn't do it like you we know you did it we're off, we're trying to offer you like a plea thankfully yeah. he turned it down though because prosecutors actually stated that had he admitted his guilt the first time he would have only been required to serve 13 years <gasps> 13 years? Yes. They were giving him a plea deal for 13 years if he admitted to be guilty the first time. Well, he's asked. clearly not a smart individual. Seriously. Jesus. 
Before his trial, he was actually offered a plea deal once again, in which he would have only been required to serve 22 years if he admitted guilt. But once again, he refused, stating that he should have already been released because it's ridiculous that he's been serving time awaiting trial. I already served my time. Just release me. Have you... Oh my god, that sounds like Sarah Boone. Have you heard that? There's a chick that... that zipped up her boyfriend in the suitcase oh yeah i do know that. fucking sarah boone she's like this is ridiculous i don't understand why i have to sit here when i'm not even talking to counsel and i have no idea what's going on in my own trial like she's con she's personally writing the judge and the judge is like i can't do anything for you i'm a fucking judge yeah talk to your fucking counsel you're, a dumbass. Like, you're an idiot <laughs> yeah she's definitely one of those people that's like i didn't do anything wrong you saw her interrogation video yeah. where all she's saying is but it wasn't intentional. It wasn't intentional. It wasn't intentional. She hears that one word and she just uses it and runs with it. Yeah, you think the drunk drivers intentionally try to run over people and kill them with No, but it's fucking it's murder. You, did you got something. behind the Yeah, <laughs> you got behind the wheel and you decided to drive drunk and you killed someone. You did something to cause this. To cause the death. No one just zips their boyfriend up in a suitcase like for shits and gigs. Like No, yeah. You know, and if you do, you should be aware that you could kill someone like doing yeah. that. And know? I'm sure she went to bed like <laughs> got him <laughs> that's not funny. i'm gonna get him i well that's i mean she just it, she just seemed like one of those alcoholics yeah no for sure it's just she, a vengeful alcoholic it was definitely like to punish him exactly there's chocolate and then there's lint chocolate chocolate that has a silky smooth and velvety texture has become synonymous with the name lint since its conception in 1845 Click the link in the show notes to receive two 75-piece truffle bags for just $48. Be a part of the Lent legacy and grab a bag of their world-famous truffles today. So yeah, he, again, wasn't going to admit guilt, and he's like, I should have been released already because I didn't do anything. Mm -hmm. So long story short, he would actually ultimately be sentenced to 1,503 years for his crimes. 2017. Good luck. Okay, you don't want to take 13 years? How about 1,500? Yeah, that's fine. You go ahead. You go ahead. We're trying to make a deal with you so you don't have to spend the rest of your life in prison. If you can be reformed. He deserves to. Oh, no, he deserves every (laughs) single one of those fucking years. I'm just saying. (laughs) You know? But but because you're, like, it's like, okay, you're going to be that much of a dickhead to where you can't even admit that you're wrong. Yeah. You're that stubborn. Fucking throw the book at him. Bye. So that was in 2017. I didn't see that he had passed, so he's. I think he's still alive. Boo. Still kicking. <laughs> Number seven, James Egan Holmes. <gasps> I knew you'd know that name. James Holmes. Oh my god, fuck this guy. Was born on December 13th, 1987 in San Diego, California to Robert and Arlene Holmes. According to James, he remembers being very afraid of what he referred to as nail ghosts that would hammer on the walls at night. Well, we know that he's very, very um, mentally sick. Like, he's yeah, very no, mentally he's, ill. Remember, he's, he was the one that was diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia by, like, 20 22 times, people. Yeah. yeah. Despite these fears, he was able to complete high school and get a bachelor's degree at the University of California, Riverside, in 2010. He would then decide to pursue a graduate degree in neuroscience at the University of Colorado, moving to Aurora. And there was a lot a lot more about him between then and his crime, but I just jumped to his crime. He's definitely, just personally, I feel like I have a a personal stake in it yeah. since I had friends living in the area at the time. Yeah, for and sure. uh, I would like to tackle a case on there, but I'm also in no way, shape, or form would ever excuse his behavior because he is so severely, you know, it 
it doesn't excuse the behavior. And yeah. I'm sure that there's probably multiple times in his life where someone could have said something or oh, done something. Yeah, I was reading the page about him and I was like, this is, this is, this is, if anything, like one of the cases we would do, yeah. you know? So this is definitely one that I want. I'm glad that, it, almost glad that it was in this list because I yeah. wanted to talk about it. On July 20th, 2012, a mass shooting occurred inside a Century 16 movie theater in Aurora, Colorado, during a midnight screening of the film The Dark Knight Rises. Dressed in tactical gear, a 24-year-old James set off tear gas grenades and began shooting into the audience with multiple firearms after propping open the exit door to access his vehicle during the movie. I said excess, not access, access. but you know what I meant. Twelve people would be killed in the shooting, with 70 other being seriously injured, 58 of those from gunfire. This would come to be known as the deadliest shooting by a lone perpetrator in the history of Colorado and the second deadliest shooting in the state following Columbine. Yeah. James would be arrested minutes after the shooting while in his vehicle. He would confess to the shooting but would plead not guilty by reason of insanity. Prosecutors would seek the death penalty. The trial began on April 27th, 2015. Do you know how long he was sentenced to? I have no idea. I'm, I'm surprised he's third on the list, fourth on the list. So, trial began on April 27th, and on July 16th of the same year, James would be convicted of 12 counts of first-degree murder, 140 counts of attempted first-degree murder, and one count of possessing explosives. James would be found guilty and given 12 life sentences, along with 3,318 years for the attempted murders. 3,000? That's just for the attempted, not even for the... And 12 life sentences for the murder. That's amazing. So long. He can't... I mean, he's just... In my opinion, he's one of those people that... Not that any of these people should be let out. I need to say (laughs) that as well, because clearly, you know, everybody here deserves everything that they're getting. But he just is definitely one of those people that I I come to him like, you could just never let that guy out. You could just never let him out. There's no way. There's no way. He wouldn't be able to survive... Someone would take his life. Oh, yeah. Or he would take his own, or he, you know, or he would perpetrate more crimes. It's like Mark David Chapman. There's no fucking way. There's no way. Someone would kill him immediately. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. uh, Trish and I call it the death, uh, Dark Knight Rises curse, because when we were working at the movie theater, we had a hell of a night that night. Somebody had suffered some kind of a medical condition in one of the theaters that we were working, and it was the midnight showings, and then to wake up the next morning and know about the shootings, it was like, uh, it was a lot. It was a lot. Fuck the Dark Knight Rises. (laughs) It's fucking cursed. All right, so number six. Number six. Martin Bryant. Bryant. Which I probably sounded super American when I said Martin Bryant, because he's Australian. Oh, is he? he, Martin Bryant. How would you say that? I don't know. Martin Bryant. Let me think. Let me think. He, the toner looks peculiar. That's like more Ma- New Zealand. Ma- Martin Bryant. Ma- Martin Bryant. That sounds a little British. That's British. <laughs> Either way, he was born on May 7th, 1967 in Hobart, Tasmania, to parents Maurice and Carlene Bryant. From Which I actually just found out today that Tasmania is in Australia. I did not know that. <laughs> <laughs> From a young age, his mother would refer to him as a, quote, annoying and different child. Aww. Yeah, like, what the fuck? And when he was evaluated by a psychiatrist at a young age, they suggested that he would never be able to hold down a job due to the fact that he would aggravate people to such an extent that he would always be in trouble. What is he, like, defiant, defiance disorder or yeah, something? Yeah, seems like it. But this is in the fucking 60s, so that's not what they called it. They're just like, <laughs> They're just you're like, never going to get a job. You're an asshole. <laughs> 
As a child, he was noted as pulling a snorkel off of another boy while diving <gasps> and cutting down trees on neighbors' property, like, just to be a dick. <laughs> just to be a dick. As well as being really distant from reality and unemotional. Okay. At school, Martin was known as a disruptive and violent child who suffered severe bullying by other children. Suffered from severe bullying. He would be suspended from school in 1977, and psychological assessments at this time would note that he was torturing animals as well. Hmm. Yeah. He would return to school the following year with better behavior. However, he was still taking to bullying much younger children. So, better behavior, but not resolved behavior. Right. And, of course, nothing's happening. He's been di- he's been uh, evaluated now twice that we know of, and yeah, nothing. Yeah, nothing. She's like, oh, you suck. Just run along. <laughs> yeah. Boys will be boys. Seriously. On April 28th, 1996, Martin Bryant would commit a mass murder at Port Arthur, a tourist town in Tasmania. Martin would kill, ultimately, 35 people and wound 23 others, two of the murder victims actually being people that he knew personally. What? They, like, worked at a... A hotel, I think, or a, a business around the area. I don't... How would... I don't know. I've never thought about that before. If you are perpetrating, like, a mass murder or a mass shooting... I mean, clearly, the Columbine guys or whatever, right? Like, they... Those were their classmates. Mm-hmm. And... But if I if I remember correctly, I'm pretty sure they didn't target at least one or two people because they knew them. Like, yeah. as friends, you know? I don't know. And and it didn't really yeah. say if he, like, targeted them or if they just were in, like, Happened the to be there. Yeah. Because yeah. he was kind of, like, reckless with it. Yeah. Using two semi-automatic rifles, Martin began his attack at a small cafe before moving into a nearby gift shop, killing 20 people indiscriminately in a very short amount of time. Jesus Christ. Just Ugh. all over the place. Many others were killed at a car park nearby, including several children. The same year as the crimes, after being found out as the perpetrator, Martin Bryant would plead guilty to the killings and receive 35 life sentences without parole, with an additional 1,035 years on top. So, a lot of years. A lot. You want to hear about number five? Number five. Dudley. (laughs) Dudley. Is it Dudley New Rat? Dudley Wayne. Dudley Wayne. (laughs) I love it. Dudley Wayne. Dudley Wayne Kaiser was Sounds like a tow truck operator. Dudley Wayne. You better go... (laughs) Your car broke down, you better call Dudley Wayne. Call him Dudley Wayne. Don't name Dudley Wayne. You better call him Dudley Wayne, brothers. Don't name Dudley Wayne. Dudley... (laughs) <laughs> sounds so funny. Deadly. Deadly. It sounds like funnier with a southern accent. <laughs> you want to say it in the English accent? Dudley. Dudley Wayne. That actually sounds nice where you say it Southern accent. Dudley Wayne. The difference. <sighs> That's why oh, those no. English boys get away with everything. I just thought about we can na- nickname him Deadly Wayne. <laughs> oh, <that's awful. laughs> Dudley, Deadly Wayne. <laughs> Alright. Did you get it all out? I don't think, I I don't don't know. We'll see. It's going to come back around. (laughs) Dudley Wayne was born in 1942. (laughs) And of course, there's not a lot known about his childhood either. On October 31st, 1976, so yes, you heard me right, Halloween, (laughs) Dudley, I'm sorry, okay, I'm done. This is actually, this is (laughs) every time you say it. But even when you say it, if you're going to try to say it like Dudley Wayne, it's still going to crack me up. Dud. Okay, we had to pause for just a second because we couldn't stop laughing. That was, it's not even that funny. It's just when we it's said it a not. certain way. Okay. I had to take my glasses off and wipe my eyes. Okay. So again, on Halloween, he went to his estranged wife's home and would attack her in front of their six-year-old son. Awful. 
A neighbor would hear what they described as firework sounds coming from the home and come outside to find 29-year-old Emily Kaiser laying in the driveway of another neighbor's home. Has she been shot? She had been shot in the chest while trying to escape the home with her son. Oh my god. And she actually tried to talk to the neighbor that saw her, but she was unable to, and she would ultimately pass away. Oh my god. That's it was awful. noted that her son, like, I guess they were trying to run to a neighbor's house, and he was still running when the other neighbor came out because he didn't know that she had fallen, which is really sad. Oh. But he was okay? Yeah, he was okay. okay. Police would arrive after the neighbor alerted them, and they would come across 50-year-old Eunice Berenger and 22-year-old Richard Pyron, deceased as well, inside this home. Were they friends? So it didn't say, like, exactly how these people were connected, especially with Dudley, but Eunice was a house mom for a fraternity, and Richard okay. was in the fraternity. He was, like, oh, the treasurer, okay. and he had come back to the house to get something or help do the lawn or something. Okay. So I don't know if they were just neighbors and they happened to be neighbors of a fraternity house or a or house that a fraternity men shared and she was just there. Or, I, I don't know, I think that might have been the case Family where they just had neighbors. Yeah. yeah. Either way, uh, Eunice had unfortunately been shot in the forehead and Richard was shot in the shoulder and the head, so neither one of them would survive. <sighs> Dudley would be quickly named as the perpetrator of these crimes and he would be found guilty of three murder counts. Since Alabama did not have the option for the death penalty at the time of these crimes, he would be sentenced to two life terms plus 10,000 years for these crimes. Whoa! 10,000 years will give you such a crick in the neck! Yeah, 10,000 years. So, Dud has been denied parole 10 times since his arrest. Good. And the amount of his sentence actually was once in the Guinness World Record book as the longest in the world. He would be sentenced to the electric chair in 1977, but this conviction was actually overturned, and he is still in prison today. I think he should be, like, 81 or 82 today. So, essentially, they said the death penalty wasn't available then, but when the death penalty was, they were like, let's just we're off him. try him. Yeah. But then it just got overturned. Interesting. Yeah. They were like, hmm. fuck it, let him rot. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. We got all the deadlies out. <laughs> Deadly. Deadly Wayne. I'll never forget you. I know. <laughs> Number four is... Alan Wayne, oh, so funny. Mm. Alan Wayne McLaurin and Darren Benelford, actually, both of them together. Did they get tried together? They I did. mean, you're going to tell me the story, sorry. Yes, and <laughs> I will just give you a hint. These guys' combined sentence is bigger than the past, but not alone. So it's their combined sentence that made the book I rather see. than them separately. Right. So they made history as being two of the people, again, with the largest prison sentence combined ever recorded. The two, along with another man who was not named, would run down a woman while driving and force her off the road in Tulsa, Oklahoma, where they kidnapped, held hostage, and repeatedly raped her. Oh my god. This assault would last several hours, even moving to a motel at one point, as well as the victim's home, where she finally managed to call for help. If y'all see something, say something. Seriously. Especially when it comes to things like kidnapping or trafficking mm -hmm. of persons at all. Like, that's that's usually one of the places that they're gonna go to. They're gonna go to a quiet motel yeah. and things like that. If you see something like that, if you happen to work at a hotel or a teller, call someone, please. Yeah, you I've said it saving before. A life. Yeah, I've said it before. Like, I'd rather call and it be nothing than not call and then yeah. someone dies or someone gets hurt. For sure. Evidence indicated that the three men committed 13 separate acts of rape and sodomy. I'll rephrase. I think it was the two men because the third man was, like, not part of the trial. I don't know if he actively participated. He also was there, but I don't think he was an active like maybe so he might have gotten a plea deal or he something. He helped with the kidnapping maybe, but didn't not in the assault. Yeah, I think so because they really didn't have much information on him. Mm -hmm. Although, again, the two men committed thirteen separate acts of rape and sodomy and contended that 
the evidence contended that Anderson and McLaurin were predators. That's what they referred to them as in the case. When the case went to trial in 1993, McLaurin and Anderson would receive a combined 6,475 years in sentences, the stiffest punishment in memory for a Tulsa County case not involving murder. In 1996, the two went to trial yet again, and their combined sentences were then changed to 32,500 years, one receiving 21,250 and the other 11,250. Holy shit. 32,500 years total. So just to break it down, they would receive 2,000 years each on four counts of rape, 2,000 years on four counts of forcible sodomy, 1,750, 1,750 years for kidnapping, 1,500 years for assault with a dangerous weapon, and 500 years each on two counts of burglary, and and also single counts of larceny and burglary. So they got them on, like, literally, literally everything, everything. Could, yeah. That seems a little excessive. It's a lot. I mean, and I'm not saying... I, I understand a judge's position wanting it to be as impactful as possible. Oh, yeah. And that's the thing. It's the impact. It has, it's not, it has, you know that people aren't going to survive. But you know what? I mean, science is developing every day. So. Yeah, exactly. But also, <laughs> you know, some places don't have a limit on how much you can sentence someone. Some places say for assault, you, the maximum sentence you can give is 25 years. Some places don't have a maximum. So why wouldn't you say, yeah, 50 th- fucking thousand years let yeah, them run, you know? exactly. Okay, moving on to number three. This is one of the ones, like, the last three, again, there was, like, not a lot of info, so I just put the crime. So here we go, number three. Charles Scott Robinson was convicted of sexual assault on a child in 1994, resulting in 5,000 years for each of the six counts against him, totaling 30,000 years. This made him the single, a single person with the largest prison sentence ever handed down, which is why he would be above the two guys. Assaulting children is, like... Oh, the most the disgusting thing you can do. It's despicable. They had also stated that his parole offers would be served concurrently, so going to the prison at age of 30 meant that he would not have the possibility of parole at all until he was 108 years old. <laughs> I said 100. <laughs> 100. <laughs> he was 100. He was 100. So the judge was noted as telling Charles about this. Quote, by doing that, I think I can assure you that you will spend the rest of your natural life in the confines of the Department of Corrections. Hell yeah. Bam. Mic drop. So yeah, I didn't want to go into that, especially because it's kind of yucky, like that crime. Yeah, um, well, out of respect get... for the minor, too. Of course, and, yeah. I mean, yeah. And there wasn't any info on the minor either, either oh, way. Oh, good, good. Okay, I am going to butcher the fuck out of these next names, okay? Let's do it. Let's Number do it. two. Okay. Otman L. Gnaut, Jamal Zaugman, and Emilio Suarez, Thrasherez. <laughs> Oh, Those no. are the names. <laughs> they were all arrested for mass murder and terrorism in 2006 after being found out as the perpetrators of the 2004 Madrid bombings. Mm. So they're in Spain. This attack resulted in 191 casualties and injured over 1,800 others. That's amazing. That sounded like that's amazing in a good way. No, I mean, like, you know, like, the the actual root for, like, awesome is that you're in awe of it. Yeah, yeah, Not I know. that it's I know. cool or that it, yeah. You also didn't say awesome. You said amazing. I know. <laughs> Same thing. Like, that's incredible. That's amazing. Yeah, I feel that for sure. My bad. Sorry for judging. No, you didn't <laughs> judge. Um, so it said that this attack was the worst in Spanish history as the bombs were planted on four separate commuter trains. So oh, this like, is like super... Super planned out. Yeah. The total sentence for the three men was 42,924 years. 42,000. Yeah. That's 
Awesome. Yeah. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> okay, last one, and I'm going to butcher this name pronunciation as well, because okay. in my mind, it's Chamoy Thifyaso. Oh, but well, it's probably like... not chamoy. It's probably like chamoy or something. Is it? Does it, is it spelled like chamoy? Yes. Okay. Well, it's probably good. She was arrested in 1989 in Thailand on counts of fraud. She defrauded more than 16,000 people in Thailand through a pyramid scheme, which she was able to maintain for a surprisingly long time. She was so successful at scamming people that when she was caught, her total assets valued nearly 250,000. I'm sorry, 250 million, not that Wow. Seven other people would be convicted of corporate fraud alongside her, and she would be sentenced to 141,078 years. 141,000 <laughs> years. Yes. Like, damn, we Thailand doesn't that fuck around. <laughs> yeah, for real. Shit, don't fuck up in Thailand. On fraud. On fraud. Sorry, like <laughs> That's the number one? Yes. Is fraud? Yes. 141,000. Yes. 000. yes. Yeah. Wow. I know there wasn't a lot of info in the last three, which I was like, that's a bummer because those are like the biggest ones. The biggest but, ones. Yeah, that's pretty much, that's it. That's all For Froud. For Froud. <laughs> 141,000 years. Holy shit. I know. Don't fuck around I mean, in Thailand, man. You're just saying fuck. there's a chance. You're just telling me there's a chance. <laughs> you gotta come up with a cure for death. Damn, I should have looked up like what are the odds that like you would live. <laughs> It just says zero. Yeah, it's probably point zero 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 to infinity. That's just wouldn't. true. You just wouldn't. You just wouldn't. It would never happen. But yeah, that's why mental breakdown different than what we've ever done. I think it was really different. But I really enjoyed that. That was very different. And we got got done away out of it. Oh my god! Fuck. That's gonna have to be a shirt. Just a shirt that says Dudley Wayne. I don't. Yeah. Well. Yeah. It's got to be, like, the all caps, all lowercase, all, you yeah. know, like, the up and down, like, <laughs> it would be kind of cool if it, it looked like a Woody's Roundup type shirt, you know? Yeah, that'd be dope, honestly. You know? Like Dudley John the Wayne, horseshoe. but it's Dudley Wayne. Love it. Well, yeah, that's all I have. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's Once again, check out diagnosingakiller.com, buy some merchy merch, give us a review, not just a rating, but a review. That's really helpful. Yeah. Because I noticed recently when I went to go review a, a podcast, I gave them five stars, but I don't know if people can see that or if they just see the reviews. Yeah, I so. don't think so. I yeah. think they just see their reviews. At least on Apple, it's that way. Yeah, but help us out if you guys want to do that. And also, thank you guys for 20K. We haven't even said oh, that yeah. on the podcast yet. We have tw- reached 20,000 downloads. I think we're at like 22 right now. Yeah. Oh, but- I have a revision. I'm s- oh. totally sorry, but I totally m- forgot to mention it last episode that the Barbara and Richie yeah. um, D- Dickstein case, or not case, but mental breakdown that I did, I said 30,000 letters. I mean, 300,000 letters. I meant 30,000 letters. Oh, okay. But still, 30,000 is a lot. But it was when I listened back and I was like, why am I so bad at numbers? I don't understand. It's all right. Well, 30,000 is a lot because we just talked about people that got 30,000 years. That's (laughs) true. Never getting out. Never getting out. Never going to make it. Never going to make it. All right. Love you guys. Love you guys. Bye. Bye. (laughs) You don't need real ink to make an impact. Let the power of temporary tattoos tell your story. Temporary Tattoos specializes in a wide range of temporary body art, including custom tattoos, with the option to add unique effects like metallic, glitter, glow-in-the-dark, and so much more. Temporary tattoos are easy to apply and last up to five days. 
When you're ready for your new look, simply remove your fake tattoo using their lemon-scented removing wipes. Rinse and repeat. Temporary tattoo. Experiment with a new look without the commitment. Use the link in the show notes below for 10% off stock tattoos and bring your new look to life.